0: episode number 106, March 12th, 2020. Wow, 2020. Uh, how are you doing, Bob Dostanovich?
1: Well, to what day did you say it was?
0: March 12th, 2020.
1: Okay, that's correct. Just <laughs> making sure, you know, because I, I was at the post office today, um, yeah? thankfully, sending some stuff, some Broker's Tip stuff out. That's right. Um, right. Orders are going, you know, pretty well at www.brokerstiprecords.com, so, you know, come and stop by and shop and
0: um and my, i
1: i keep forgetting the date today yeah but my, i guess you know whatever that's you know it's
0: okay my happens my buddy damien bought a merch pack from you
1: he did yes yeah. he did. thank you thank you damien hopefully yeah. he's received it
0: he has he's very excited
1: Very. oh excited. fantastic yeah. yeah cool yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. happy so, customers
0: happy customers yeah uh, let's dive right in uh you're bob Nasanovich, i'm mike hogan we haven't said who I am yet, but I think people know who you are. I'm going to start the show tonight. I'm going to start with something that um, maybe is unfamiliar to you and unfamiliar to a lot of people. Um, I had never heard of this guy before, so I heard a song on a compilation and thought it was really cool, so uh, I wanted to share it with you. He's a Turkish percussionist uh, born in the, I think 1939, and this is a song released on a seven-inch from 1975. And the, the the guy's name is Okay Temiz, T E M I Z. Yeah,
1: I think so. Yep. Yeah. How do you spell the first name? Like Okay,
0: O K A Y. Okay,
1: then he's okay with me. He's okay, okay with me, yeah. Yeah, he's T-E-M-I-Z. okay with me
0: too. Uh, and the the name of the song is uh, I don't even my Turkish is terrible. I'll just spell it. D-O-K-U-Z? Dokus?
1: Dokus? Dokus?
0: Dokus? Sekiz? S-E-K-I-Z. Um, uh, from 1975.
1: Doku Sekiz.
0: Yes. There you go. You're you're, 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 uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're, you're, I watch,
1: that why I watch more modern NBA them um, than you do. Yes, you do.
0: Um, so it's can, like keto turkaloo.
1: You, so you, know. you can
0: pronounce the names much better than I can. <clears throat> I, I don't know how to say it, but th- this song got me moving. This song might get you moving. Um, it's pretty pretty cool. 1975. Okay, to me. So here you go. Okay. How cool is that, Bob?
1: Yeah, Okay Okay. okay tamiz.
0: Okay, okay, is that how you say it? Okay? Okay, okay yeah.
1: pronounced. I don't know, okay. you know, I learned my Turkish in kebab shops in England, so.
0: Yeah, you're probably right, but uh, I know very little about the man. Um, evidently, he's still alive and um, may still be making music. He's recorded with a lot of different artists um, and been making music for a long time. And uh, I think I need to learn a little bit more about him, but that song just grabbed, like, completely grabbed my attention.
1: Well, it's fantastically wacky, and yeah, it's like it's, fun. You can't not, you can't not like it. Yeah, I mean, right. uh, unless you're dead, right? Um, but I wonder, like, what's going on there? I mean, obviously, Mister um, Tamiz is playing the percussion bits, mm-hmm. and is he? I wonder what type of synthesizer thing is going on there. Because it sounded well, a lot like um, scratching. Yeah,
0: I know. Um, I don't know much. Uh, I'm trying to look to see if there's any credits listed. Um, I don't see much in the way of credits. Well, wait a minute. I found something. So, Bag I don't know what Bag is, but evidently that was played by someone named Arif Sog. Um, yeah, drums and percussions. Percussion was okay to me. Keyboards. Attila... As, as Demi Rogu Roglu.
1: Yeah, that guy. That guy is amazing. Yeah,
0: um,
1: you know, considering it's like nineteen seventy-five. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know how much like turntable scratching was going on back then, but yeah. Um, so he, I'd assume little or none.
0: He was a Turkish composer who um, was born in nineteen forty-three and died in two thousand sixteen, and uh, did some film music. Did a lot of film. Um, for Turkish films. So, yeah, there's a little some rabbit holes to go down there for sure.
1: Yeah, I just wonder if they're kind of like, like freaking on like, um, you know, old school traditional Turkish instruments or something. Yeah. But I mean, there's definitely like, the keyboards are definitely very 1970s. Yep. Yep. But it, and definitely some psychedelic action going on for there. For sure. Could for be sure. opiate related. Could be. Some mm, sort.
0: Who knows? Um, be very well-
1: I'm not being presumptive of the Mr. Tamiz and his band, you know, but I think they were definitely, um, I wonder if they could possibly simulate that live.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It says, um, the, the credits that I found says all instruments played by okay Tamiz except Moog was by the Attila Oz as Demi Raglu and Baglama by Arif Sag. So presumably he was getting the most
1: out of him. He was getting the most out of his, his, um, moog there the attila meister
0: yeah for
1: sure yeah uh, anyways that was awesome
0: yeah glad you liked it um what yeah, do you I, got what are you bringing
1: so you like me like um listen to gang of four you know early gang of four of course and um for sure love the band and yeah and when i was when i was a young man i remember when dave allen uh the bass player of gang of four left the band and and started a band um called shriek Back. Right. With, uh, with Barry Andrews of XTC fame. and
0: uh, Dave Allen, Portland resident, by the way.
1: Oh, is he a current Portland resident?
0: Uh, at least a recent Portland resident. I don't know if he's, I would assume he still lives here. But yeah, up until, you know, five, six years ago, he was, he was running an agency here, a music agency.
1: Huh. Did you ever meet him? Uh, just
0: briefly. I would see him in the New Seasons, which is kind of like the local version of, like, cooler version of Whole Foods.
1: Oh, okay. Um, anyways, I was I was a fan. I really wanted to like Shriekback. And at the time, like, I thought they were cool, and I bought a couple of things, and I listened to them, um, you know, but didn't fall in love with them, but still own them and, and think they're great. And then I was DJing in Nottingham a few years ago, and my friend Noel Kilbride came and he used to be a vinyl dj and he kind of like realized that he wasn't listening to his records much and he was kind enough to give me like a big pile of old seven inches which are of great value to me noel kilbride who's was one of pavement's um, tour managers just a fantastic guy and a great friend and um and in there was you know shriek back seven inch and and i um listened to it and loved it and it it was on their they made their own record label yeah. So it's called y the letter y records and this is a 7 inch, i think the maybe even the b says 7 inch called my spine is the baseline A shriek back
0: yeah that's so that's very cool i was um i was like you where i wanted to get into them and at the time i think i don't know i was probably just too uptight and it was too dancey and i was not well that's the dances. thing too
1: like you know i think back then like we we were um way more narrow yeah with oh, um yeah. the way like we wanted things to sound so, like yep. so you yep. take bands that we loved like you know wire gang of four and <clears throat> bands like that and, like they kind of kind of immediately gave us what they wanted. Like, I know Mm -hmm. that like,
0: yep.
1: And obviously like pink flag and entertainment did, but then, you know, and then even, you know, other albums, by you know, both those bands, you know, solid gold. It took me a while to love that one for gang of four. And then, you know, gradually I, I kind of like, you know, swallowed, you know, wire, Mm -hmm. but you know, like they put out these albums that sort of change your life. And then you kind of like,
0: yeah, you want want them to make the same album again. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah so then don't... like when they do like you know when the spinoff projects happen you're always intrigued like if they're going to be as good so like you think you know dave allen bass player for getting a four like anything he's going to be associated with is going to be amazing so um so I, I think i bought oil and gold their 1985 album which was on arista and i liked it and i you know i listened to it but like it just yeah it's but now i think like you go back and sometimes, like, it takes decades, and you're like, oh, yeah, that band, I never really gave them as much time as I should have, and then you find out that, you know, if you're more open-minded, then you would have dug it more. Right. Or maybe just, like, the way, like, you know, throughout the course of your life as you listen to music that you sort of, like, just generally become, I would like to think, more open-minded. I think I have, like... Mm-hmm. For sure. For for example, back then, like, you know, okay, to me's, you know, the the first artist you played like it's just to me, like you know when i was 20 if i would have heard that it would have sound like oh this sounds like really crazy you know world music and mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you know it just it was just like too foreign to me then but then like i you know i think of a band you know like um
0: sun city strange girls?
1: strange yeah sun city girls like you know a band from phoenix of all yeah. places that right that you know that that opened up avenues um to to me liking you know music from you know the middle east and Mm -hmm. and um greece and you know turkey and like you know africa and stuff like that so it's interesting you know during the process of listening to music for 25 30 35 years that you actually um start liking more and more stuff instead of bands that sound like rem or echo and the bunny man or sonic youth or you know um it's almost like you—it's like a—I don't know. Well, It's just something I thought about, like, you know, with Shriekback. It's like, you know, it's like, oh, man, I wish I'd been warned into Shriekback when I was 21. Um, But I they didn't instantaneously appeal to me.
0: Well, it's true. And, and you know, I've thought about this a lot. Like, I think most people—so the people that are not likely to listen to this podcast, most people— The music that they like is the music that they listened to when they were in high school or maybe college. And they don't really—maybe they listen to the radio, maybe they listen to what's popular, but they don't really explore much beyond that. And they just, you know, oh, I like this because it's what they grew up with. People like us and people, I think, like the people that would want to listen to a show like this— are much more exploratory and much more open to new sounds. And so you're right. Like I, at the time that I was first listening to her sh- hearing Shriek back, I was not ready for it. Like I'm much more ready for it and much more open to it now. And stuff like that, like for personally, for me was way ahead of its time because I I, I was much more narrow in what I wanted out of music, and now...
1: Well, I think I think that I think that you made a great point with the dancey thing, too. Like, you know, back when we were college age or high school age, like, you know, we knew that one of the reasons we liked the music that we did is because we don't dance.
0: I didn't want you know, to go to dances. We,
1: yeah, and we still don't want to dance, you know, or like, or, well, you know, like, we dance, it's like, if I dance, it's... Just for comic purposes.
0: Yeah, well, and, I'm I'm less <laughs> I mean, uptight I now. Dance, I guess, but I'm
1: so bad at it. It's like it's humorous. So like, so you. But back then you thought of like, oh, dance music's for like people that are really into dancing, and I'm not. You know, <laughs> so you, you you don't really listen to the music as much as like, and you're just like, oh, it's it's dancey. So like, maybe all like the brilliant, you know, electronic dance music that we've opened our minds to, you know, and stuff like that. You know, that I still don't love, but I. You know, in some cases, but I, but I appreciate back then I would just would have like immediately discarded as like in a genre that I had no interest in.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think I'm just less uptight now. I think I was much more tightly wound and, and just kind of, I don't know, less fun. Uh, I didn't think so, but I think looking back, uh, I think that's the case. Let's talk for a second before we move on to what I'm i think you point. do i
1: think i think that we just like kind of like had a definition of what was cool right And it was and and like you you know again you know to use the word narrow it wasn't narrow it's just like you know if, if, if it was like cool to us or like or we loved or like we kind of felt like a part of it you know like i think about like a band for example like um that i loved back then that i still like um camper van beethoven like that's a band that like Sure. You know, I I, I bought their earliest records, and I went and saw them live, and I was like, I am a fan, and it was like very easy for me to like, you know, get into that and and love their live shows and love the band. Well, you know,
0: and you know what? For me, what I did at the time was I used music as a way to connect with people and to almost separate people i wasn't thinking about it in those terms but that's ultimately kind of what i was Connect doing and disconnect right Connect and right di- and disconnect. exactly <laughs> exactly and you know i mean it helped me make connections and friends because it was like oh you like this we must like the same things but it also made me sort of narrow-minded and close-minded to other things that i now realize i was stupid for for just discarding and you know in some ways, discarding people that I associated with that. So, um,
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I'd take a band like um, Sisters of Mercy, for example. It's like when I first, like, became aware of Sisters of Mercy, who I've never really been a fan of, um, to be honest, but, like, I just, you know, immediately thought, like, oh, this is for people that are, like, darker and gothier than I am. And, like, you know... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: and and to be honest, I mean, anybody that I knew who listened to Sis- Sisters of Mercy, they didn't just listen to Sisters of Mercy. It kind of became their life. They dressed like Sisters of Mercy. They yeah, I,
1: d- I never wanted to do that. No, like I, I no. guess if anything, I guess we kind of wanted to dress like the Minutemen or something. Yeah, I guess we still do like thrift right. thrift store clothes think, and right. like.
0: I didn't want anybody to notice me, you know? And the people that were dressing like Sisters of Mercy, it's like they were choosing to stand out. And I was like,
1: that ain't me. But then then again, there was like bridge bands, like, you know, The Cure. Like, I loved, you know, loved The Cures. like their music to me was like so great that I didn't really care about the fact that their scene was like you know looked like half like people like me and and half like sisters of mercy fans yes
0: exactly i want to talk for just a second about the band you mentioned they started on y records home of the slits the pop group um home of a band i'm going to play at some point glaxo babies have you ever heard them
1: i've heard of them yeah Yeah, i'll play i actually i think i've seen i've seen a couple of things i've seen a couple of um I think I discovered them on my own, and I was like, oh, "I should get some of this." Yeah,
0: nice. I'll I'll play them on a future show. We can talk about them, but um, cool. really good independent um, early, kind of a UK version of SST in a way, you know. Very, and they had a
1: roster like the thing yeah. is like you know some, some labels like they developed like you get lucky with a roster like you get lucky like, um, I think in in the case of of any label like that, whether it be like Touch and Go or SST or you know, even I mean Matador's, you know, sort of a bigger thing, but um, you know, those labels that, that start out like Little Brother or Broker's Tip and then like you know, their first ten records, like seven of the ten bands become like things and then sure. the labels on their way, like four sure. A D, like Yep.
0: Um Totally. So Totally you know. But why records was tended to be more political and tended to be more extreme in a lot of ways you know and and difficult you know the pop group was not an easy band to digest um
1: see there was a bunch of like Noel gave me a bunch of pop group seven inches pop and, like great I'm gonna like four yeah. and like two of my love yeah you know? <clears throat> and um I don't. If we play them, we'll play them too. We so, haven't. Yeah, we haven't played up.
0: them. Please. Yeah, but it's it's an album worth to, to, or album a label worth talking about. You know, they released some Sun Ra records. They released they released the um, Sun Ra Nuclear War twelve inch. You know that song?
1: Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a classic.
0: Classic Nuclear War. It's a motherfucker. You know, like that's yeah. a great great song. Um, that came out on Y Records. Just a really good band or a really good label. Uh, and we haven't really mentioned them. I mean, I know you played the slits, but we didn't really talk about the label. So I wanted to take a few minutes to talk about that. Yeah, so,
1: Y is in the letter Y as opposed to WH to the Y.
0: That's right. Um, all right, so I'm going to I'm gonna take it a different direction now. Uh, I'm going to play someone who I, you know, posthumously, I think, is getting a lot of attention, well-deserved attention. This is a guy, Arthur Russell. Um, who released only a handful of records in his life, died young, died at age 40 of AIDS, um, was a gay man born in, in your current home state of Iowa. Um, but then when he was relatively young, probably... Oh, cool.
1: I'm going to play an Iowa artist.
0: Nice. Nice. Um, yeah, probably... You know, I mean, he's a gay man growing up in Iowa, and he uh, was a musician and kind of an avant-garde, um, I guess you would call him, you know, almost classical, um, avant-garde classical musician. When he They're first, all called,
1: all, all avant garde artists are called pioneers, right? Yeah.
0: Well, he was definitely a pioneer. He was he's a, a cellist, pioneer. Um, and he moved to I mean, New York think City. think
1: of like, da- you know, I think a pioneer, I think, don't you think of like Davy Crockett? Oh, well, sure. Sure. Yeah. If you think it, you know. So I think he's pioneers. like the D- Davy Crockett of avant garde jazz?
0: Yes. Certainly avant garde um, gay men making like whatever music that they feel like makes sense. I mean, this guy released... His first record came on Chatham Square Productions, which was Philip Glass's label. Um, he he released records of instrumentals. He released and recorded tons of music that never came out um, and still hasn't come out. And there's this label, actually, it's based in Portland, uh, Autica Records, who is... Going through all of his archives, he's got thousands and thousands of hours of archives, and they're releasing. Audica
1: as in a u t i c a,
0: a u d i k a. Audica.
1: Okay, Aud- I've never heard of
0: it. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think they're almost primarily devoted to reissuing his unreleased, or so not even reissuing, but just surfacing and issuing his unreleased work from. Years and years of recordings, you know. Fortunately, he left that behind is some
1: true Arthur Russell love going on. Yeah, there. he
0: left he left behind a huge archive of music, and you know, sadly, died young and never saw really the kind of attention that he probably deserved in his lifetime. But he he recorded and made all kinds. He did disco songs. He he did he did stuff on um, Rough Trade. He did stuff on you know, like just. Uh, kind of no wave labels, um, but he's probably best known for you know, things like uh, World of Echo, um, which was a record that came out in 1986 when he was still alive. I'm gonna play something. That f- I might play two
1: things. You're gonna you're gonna dig you're gonna dig into your Arthur Russell archive.
0: I am. I am. I'm gonna play two things. I'll play one from that came out right after he passed away it's from 1993. He died in 1992 at age 40. Um. from an album called another thought and this is him this is kind of more typical of his stuff but with vocals very layered very textured and this one features backing vocals by jennifer warns who um did some work with leonard cohen uh so this one's called keeping up Uh, i think you might like it Cool.
2: Keepin' up, keepin'
3: up Keepin' up, keepin' up You like it when I look at you You like it that I can't catch you Keepin' up, keepin' up, yeah with the feeling of Yeah getting to know What you like And what you love
2: Look at you. You like it that I can't catch you Keeping up. Giving you know, up. Feeling it. What do you love, know, And what you love?
4: Keep
3: it up, just it, it up, give yeah. keep up, yeah.
4: it,
3: it, it, it up,
4: up, keeping up, up, it up,
3: just it up, it up, 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 keep it up, keep it up, keep it up, 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 it up Keep it up, try to keep up with this feeling I'm keeping up, I'm keeping up, try to keep up, I'm keeping up I'm just J up, try to keep up. Yeah. Keeping up, keeping up, trying to, keep 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 Try to keep up, yeah. Keeping up, just keeping up, trying to keep up,
0: So that's Arthur Russell. That's sort of shows his unconventional approach to songwriting and music. I mean, it's like, I can't imagine or I can't think of any other artist that sounds quite like that. Um,
1: well, those two sing really beauti- beautifully together.
0: <clears throat> they do, for sure. Um, and it's just this, it's almost like sketches of a song uh, and layered and textured, but also very simple at the same time. Um and it's just got this groove. It's just it's just beautiful, beautiful stuff.
1: Um It is a groove. It is definitely a groove.
0: And um if you if you'll indulge me, I wanted to play one other song from him. This is much shorter, it's only about two and a half minutes, and it's a little bit more conventional, but it shows kind of the range that he had and um you know I think this could have been a hit. I think he recorded this in the probably late 80s, early 90s. Um, he died in 92. So, uh, you know, it came out in 2008 as part of Autica's re- uh, reissue or re-release or, you know, archive, whatever you want to call it, series. Um, the album it came out on is called "Love Is Overtap- o- Love is Overtaking Me, and this one's called I Couldn't Say It to Your Face.
5: I couldn't say to your face But I won't be around anymore I couldn't say to your face
0: The late, great Arthur Russell there. Just a good song, you know. More traditional, kind of almost singer-songwriter. Um,
1: very, very melancholy.
0: Yeah. But just just a really good... Like, he could have been huge. He should have been huge. And he's now getting a lot of attention posthumously, and you know, well-deserved attention. But um, <coughs> I think there's still a lot of people that don't know him. So, I love the guy. I don't.
1: I'm yeah. not, I mean, I only know, know him by name until now. Well,
0: ah, he's... He's fantastic. I mean, his stuff... So we played... Last episode, we played some ESG. Um, He's, I think, as uh, legendary in a lot of ways. And ESG put out... Or ESG um, had a compilation on Soul Jazz records. Um, Almost all of the stuff that they released. Soul Jazz did a really nice compilation of Arthur Russell's work from 2003 called the uh, the world of Arthur Russell, and that's a nice mix of his solo stuff um, and some of his more dancey, almost disco stuff called uh, "Dinosaur L" was the name of the band. Um, worth checking out. Worth tracking. Well, out. that's
1: a great tip. Yeah, yeah,
0: the three LP compilation that I think you can still buy for relatively cheap. You know, like thirty bucks on Discogs.
1: So that's a re- reasonable price. Yeah, very reasonable. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go to the modern day here. Okay. I'm actually going to go to this year, 2020, you know, we're, what are we like, um, like about 70 days into the year, something like that.
0: Yeah. About three days into a pandemic, but that's, that's neither here nor there.
1: Well, I mean, it's here and there, but, um, anyways, uh, this is a, a gentleman I, I met in 2010 in Las Vegas, uh, Matador was doing a, a 20th anniversary thing and and on the second night I introduced the bands and I was completely unfamiliar with Perfume Genius and uh, uh, Mike Andreas. and uh, <clears throat> I had to introduce him and I introduced myself to him and we had a, a, a brief and friendly chat and uh, and just a, a terrific sweet sweet young man. And he went up there and played, like a, which is a really great sounding, uh, he's a great pianist and a great singer. And uh, since then, he he's made four albums, and he's working on a fifth, which comes out in Matador, I believe, in April. And uh, this is the first single on it. It's called Describe, born in Des Moines, Iowa, which I did not know until a few hours ago. Um Which is rather amazing that, although he only lived here for the first six years of his life, that Des Moines does not embrace him as they should, as um, being homegrown, despite the fact he grew up. And I still, I know he lives on the West Coast, I I know he grew up predominantly in Seattle, but this is uh, described by Perfume Genius.
0: Bustle around there, Bob. Make it, making some noise.
1: Hey, what's up?
0: <clears throat> <laughs> you okay? Yeah,
1: sorry about that.
0: That's all right. That's all right.
1: Yes. No, off the album, set my heart on fire immediately, Mike. Yeah? That's a I, perfume I, genius.
0: I, I, um, I know him. I haven't heard his stuff lately. I know his first couple records, uh, Learning and Put Your Back Into It. Um, but I like his stuff. Like I've always found him very, very interesting, like and appreciate, absolutely appreciate the work that he does. Um, and especially as somebody, you know, I mean, I think I've mentioned it, maybe I've mentioned it. I know I've told you, I don't know if I've mentioned it on the show, but, um, you know, he's an openly gay artist and tackles those sorts of things you know my dad was gay and um not open and not out and you know like arthur russell who i played prior um he died of aids in the uh, in the late 80s and so it's it to see an openly gay artist uh, you know addressing a lot of Subjects that I think when I was growing up would have been considered incredibly taboo and would have been considered um, Completely verboten um, and to see him get the kind of success that he's gotten. It's um, It's nice. It makes me feel like, you know, you don't notice the progress that we've made But when you look at an artist like perfume genius, and I think back to you know the time when my dad was dying of AIDS um there's been a huge progression that
1: society has made.
0: Uh and you kind of forget that.
1: Well, I think even throughout the course of his life, um sure. F- from, For sure. You know, I think he had a pretty difficult um upbringing and even, you know, even in a city like Seattle, which I'd like to think of as, you know, one of the more progressive cities in the country, like it doesn't matter that it doesn't make any difference. If you're, you know, an openly gay young man, that, you know, your life is going to be easy. Right. And um, I think, as an artist and a very talented one, um, he's embraced that and is, you know, a bold and brave, you know, representation of of um, of what he is. And uh, I think he's he's, you know, formidable. And uh, the fact that he's you know, brilliant songwriter, you know, a, um, you know, a lot, gives him the platform. For mm-hmm. uh, sure. So. Uh, and,
0: and there's kind of an emotional honesty and integrity and rawness about his He's work. very
1: raw, very raw and, like, very direct and, like, um, willing to be, like, um, you know, push the envelope and, you know, be controversial, whether it be in, in videos or... Um, uh, you know, it, he's the he's the kind of person that um, you know, with you know, within one second, you, you know, you realize that he's you know, openly gay young man. You know, mm-hmm. um, so I don't know at what point in his life um, he just decided that he was not going to make any effort to hide that, or that's just the way he was going to, you know to be. But I think that I think he very much is who he is and uh uh you know th- as a music listener the most significant thing to me is that his um his music's really cool and it's you know he, he's very uh easy to be a fan of
0: yeah for sure for sure so. um well thank you for playing i hadn't heard and it. i also
1: would like to say that like i only saw him and again I saw him play one time for 30 minutes. I didn't know who he was. He went up there and played, you know, by himself pretty quietly. And I think he was wearing, like, kind of a pretty, like, kind of, like, puffy white jacket with no shirt, if I recall. And um, it was just, like, he was just, you know, very very much at ease. And, like, I, I think music, you know, makes him feel like who he thinks he he is. So uh, it's been, you know, I I think it's tremendous that he has a following and has been successful because he unquestionably deserves it as a musician, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for playing. I hadn't heard that song, so I appreciate it. No, no,
1: it's brand new, you know, hot off the presses.
0: Awesome. Um, All right. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to shift gears again and I'm going to play a band that I know, you know, And kind of similar to 11th Dream Day, they're a band that started out on an indie label. And in the early 90s, they they were lured to a major label. And then they ended up back on an indie label. Um, Talking about the Ass Ponies, Cincinnati, Ohio. Part of the Ohio scene that kind of Columbus and Cleveland were involved in, too. Uh, They're total
1: Cincinnati.
0: Yeah. But, you know, like, I think of them in that anyway records with gibson brothers and gaunt and you know a lot of those columbus bands too for whatever reason i maybe i'm wrong but i think of them in the kind of the same way um and just a really good guy state yeah really good band um chuck cleaver main singer songwriter um later went on to form a band called wussy uh who has gotten some you know well-deserved attention uh, and it recently released a solo record that's actually quite good. Um, and, you know, maybe I'll play something from that in a future show, but uh, I just feel like the Ass Ponies are a band sort of like the Shrams who we played, and they were a label mate. They were on Ochre Records' first first uh, release from the, uh, the Shrams and the first release fr- from Ass Ponies w- were on the same label, uh, and then a few years later, AM signed the Ass Ponies. I'm going to play a song from their first release on A&M called, the album's called Electric Rock Music. Um, and this is a song called Earth to Grandma. And then after that, we'll talk about it. I know this song. I know you know this song. <laughs> I know you yeah. know this song. Uh, we'll talk These about guys, it.
1: guys, they st- Spanked, spanked our butts a few times. Yeah, but, no, I, know, <coughs> I know, I know, yeah. I
0: know. And I, I want to play something related to that and after.
1: A long list of bands that blew pavement off the stage, so <laughs> you, <laughs> Deli- And delightfully so. Yeah, you know, like
0: <clears throat> well, um, maybe I'll maybe I'll play that now. I don't know. There's, um, I found something. Maybe I'll do this as a lead-in. Um, I'll do this as a lead into the song. Hold on, real quick. Um, I'm gonna find, uh, scrub through. You guys are gonna go. Somebody, you told me, Chuck, you got a, got a booking agent, a guy in New York's going to help you out. Now. Yeah, he's, um... It's um, an interview from 1994. Of um, that's good. April of 94. Yeah. yeah, touring in May, right before
5: the, uh, Gosh, they're a buzz clip band. Yeah. They? Are they? I don't know. I don't they, I, I saw that. a video last night by them about getting haircuts or something. Yeah, it's, apparently that's doing real well. Yeah, yeah, we're playing with them in Detroit, haircut, uh, yeah. Columbus, Cleveland, and Pittsburgh. Okay. Now, they asked for you, though, right? Yeah, they yeah. knew who we were. And that's very nice, huh? Yeah that was very flattering starting to get starting to get better as far as that's concerned when you go out of town and... we don't go out of town
1: enough to know really No, yet it, yeah it's still we're still kind of on the verge of this you know um i'm always still really surprised when people know who we are right and i don't want to th- think we're bigger than you know because i know a lot of people still don't know who we are. you say ass ponies and that's like who the hell is that uh-huh. you know, so you know.
0: yeah so there you go april 94 26 years ago yeah
1: Ibold eyeball was a fan eyeball um, um he picked them to open for us, Mark Eibold.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just a good band. Uh so we'll, yeah, we'll we'll play the song Earth the Grandma and we'll talk a little bit more. Ass ponies.
4: It's a dog.
0: I feel like nobody talks about the ass ponies these days. Maybe it was their name. They should have been bigger than they were, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, to be honest, I'm, I think it is a bad band name. It is. Um. I mean, <laughs> like
0: and wussy his new band. That's that's a pretty. bad... I, I don't like
1: that band name either. That's a bad band uh,
0: name too. But they're really good.
1: Yeah, I just don't get it. Like, I don't know. But I mean, like, whatever. I mean, like, band names are band names. But I, you know. Even like another great band that we played with during the same era, Thomas Jefferson Slave Apartments. Yeah,
0: It's <laughs> a bad band name too, right?
1: You know, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, who knows? I mean, right. Like, you another know, another Cleveland then, band, like
0: another uh, um, Ohio Archers band.
1: of Loaf, Archers yeah. of Loaf. You know, yeah, and and these are band. I don't know, but I'm not saying that any band, like I've been in Silver Jews and Pavement. I'm not saying those are great band names, but like, sure. I don't. I don't think they've significantly hurt other bands. Like, right. Um, I don't know what it is, but like when you're flipping through records and you see Ass Pony, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. That's all beside the point. It's a great <laughs> right, band. Right. Right. You right. Know? But I know right, when I you know. talk about like in terms of their success and their commercial success and like people, you know. Whereas I think Perfume Genius is a great band name. Yeah. You know. Sure. So I think it does affect like. Um, People, especially, you know, back then when there was more people just like, you know, traditionally record shopping, like flipping through records and not really hearing of things or like, because all your introduction to a band is a band name.
0: Of course. And the album cover. Right.
1: I mean, you've played Scrotum Poles on this show. <laughs> and <laughs> Dick Diver. And those are, you know, again, two... Completely different bands from two different genres, but, like, Dick Divers or Dick Diver?
0: Yeah, Dick Divers.
1: I mean, and then, you know, I don't... It's almost better to have, like, kind of a blah... I don't don't know. It's almost better to have, like, a blah band name, but,
0: like... We've talked about... and I don't know if we played, but we talked about the band Fuck, who were... um, Yeah, no, I
1: know them really well. Yeah, Like, we've played a bunch with them, and, like, I know all the people, like, Tim, you know... Um. And then, what was that band from Matador a few years ago with the the same kind of name? I can't remember right now. Um, I don't know. I mean, but, you know, Sonic Youth, like, great band name. Sure. I think, like, if you do have a band name, then in some cases you have to transcend that with your music. So you have to be kind of, like, undeniable. You know, I Mm -hmm. don't know. It is is a factor because especially in this day and age when there seems like there's a million bands as opposed to like a thousand back then right um right. i think a lot of artists these days just kind of go with their I and mean, when you mean like you were talking recently about soccer mommy and my friend tony ryan Sadler, He's into the soccer mommy and like i don't i just don't know i just, who yeah. knows how you know i get i mean the naming of the band i mean i to be honest with you like I quit being in a band because of their band name, but <laughs> right, um right,
0: right. I know, no, I know. And you know, it feels like we we talked in a band
1: like you know, that's completely like you you mentioned Sun City Girls earlier, like they're nothing like their band name. No. You know.
0: Not at all. Not at all. And we we talked about bands I played bands like Shopping. Shopping is uh a very mundane band name and they're not a mundane band. But it's almost band.
1: better to be mundane or the bass is mundane too. Yeah. Right. they're great too but like um, it's I don't know I mean it's it's just an interesting thing like you know on, on Broker's Tip right now we've got Piranorama, which I think is a great band name Odd Pets is a great band name um, I'm just saying the name you know it, it tells you, know, you something you've got like Sh- on I mean yeah it sure. is a factor I mean like it's, it's part of the aesthetic it's on your flyers
0: uh huh yep
1: and, like, you never really know if it's going to be a good band name until you get going.
0: Right, right. You and know, then eventually it, it, it just becomes, like, you lose the meaning. You know, when I think of pavement, I don't, I, I don't think of the actual noun pavement. You know what I mean? I don't think of what pavement is. I, I just associate it with what I know about the band. Like, I don't think about the word anymore. That makes sense.
1: Well, the same thing would be true of like you know, Yola Tango, or
0: sure, sure, exactly. You don't think about the meaning of the word or where where it came from or the etymology or you know within the context of it. You just you suddenly just think about the band at some point.
1: Yeah, like REM or you know, right,
0: right. Even you know, Mission of Sonic Burma,
1: Youth or Bottle Surfers. <laughs> like or, I don't
0: think you know. of Asia, the, the continent of Asia, when I think of Mission of Burma you
1: know, I just don't. Do you think of the band Asia? (laughs) I don't. Um, (laughs) I
0: don't. But, I will tell us, so, I have a CD. You
1: know, Guided by Voices is a great band name. It is a great band name. Um, So, um, I don't know, it's just a, it it is a funny thing, but Ass Ponies.
0: Yeah, not a great band name, but great band.
1: Yeah, and Wussy. Yeah. And whereas like, Bikini Kill is a fantastic band name.
0: It is. It is. But see, here's the thing. So, ass ponies put out a record this is a fantastic name for a record it's called some stupid with a flare gun that's a good
1: yeah so they they you know you make it up with your great album titles but like at the same time like i don't know chuck cleaver's a great songwriter and like yeah he's made a lot of great songs and like you know who right. c- maybe he doesn't really care
0: probably doesn't i mean it's probably his way of s- you know? subverting you know and like
1: and the fact of like, commercial success is all beside the point. Like, if you're a songwriter, like, all you care about is, like, you know, people eventually getting around to your music. But, like, in this day and age, where it's like, I don't know. I mean, some people, like, have great, you know, stage names, you know. like Sure. I mean, and then, of course, there's, you know, millions and millions of famous people that were born with a terrible name that changed it, you know. Yeah. And you know, stage name, so I don't know. It's all in a name.
0: It's all in a Weird name. We are in
1: discussion. Sorry, Asponies, you know, like... It's okay. Don't mean to, like, dish your band name. They blew
0: you off the stage, so, you know, they got back at you.
1: <laughs> yeah, and see, Payment, like, actually really helped, it really helped us to be called that um, because it, it, we were immediately embraced in England because of it.
0: Oh, right. <laughs>
1: sure. Yeah, no, they, They. I think. I think the reason why the English were kind of, like, first interested in us in general like when they were first hearing the music was because like oh it's like you know you guys must adore england you must be total anglophiles because you know pavement's what we call our sidewalks right (laughs) right Right. i mean i knew that but i didn't know that it would help us in england but it did thank god right like
0: and and i think we said it on the show it was the name came from the Minutemen song
1: yeah, I mean, it's one of the reasons. Yeah. It's like, But also, another reason is that um, uh, Scott Canberg, Spiral Stairs, um, I believe he actually named the band, and Stephen had been in terrible, he'd had terrible band names. He was in a really good band that was just kind of starting out in Charlottesville called Potted Meat Spread, <laughs> and that's horrendous. And then, like, um, he was in a band am in high school with Canberra called Bag O Bones. And Terrible. Yeah, that that's just like a classic bad, you know, (laughs) Stockton punk rock band name. And then he was also in a band called Lake Speed, which was there was a NASCAR driver named Lake Speed and like Steve just thought it was a cool name for Hmm. a sport a sports figure. That's that's
0: better than the others, but yeah.
1: But I think in, like, the case of Pavement, I think Scott had stumbled upon a list. Like, he was like, we got to name this. And, like, when they were making sleigh Tracks, and he's like, we got to name this. And, and he saw, like, a, stumbled upon a list of, like, the 10 or 20, is, 20 like, um, best-sounding words in the English language. All right. And for some reason, Pavement was on the list. And, like, I think that's actually how we ended up with the name. And recently, when I watched the documentary, that Lance Bangs made about Pavement in San Francisco, um, it was uh, Thurston is in the documentary, and, like, he said, you remember seeing the 7-inch, like, the name Pavement, like, and, again, this is a guy that, like, is as avid a record shopper as I've ever known, and he's slipping through, and he sees the record, and it's called Pavement, so he just thought, like, it could be anything, and, like... right. So it's like some sometimes that might be the best way to go about it to like be completely undefinable and then like you know hopefully have people listen to your music because they're not going to presume something because of the band name.
0: Right. You know? It's it's true. It could could be could be hardcore punk. Could be singer songwriter. Industrial, no, yeah. industrial noise. Right. right. You know, like
1: for sure. No, yeah, it's it's a good point. So.
0: Um, yeah, I was going to say something, but now I forget. It's, uh, it's okay. Um, you're going to end the show.
1: Yeah, I'm going to play Arum Ray, A-R-U-M-Ray, R-A-E. Um, she's a woman who's from Colorado Springs that lives in Brooklyn. And um, she's uh, <clears throat> recorded with Steve West several years ago. Um, Steve, you know, turned yeah. me on to her, yeah, and um, in, in his house in Cars Creek, Virginia, and I, I believe his daughter, Lulu, and she was like a preteen then, I think she played keyboards on a few of the songs, and this is off of her 2016 EP called Loners, and I don't have the song title in front of me. I do. I'm sitting, okay. It's, if if it's I do. Really, it's really, It's a really pretty song, she's a really pretty um, jazz singer, and... I think it's a really cool sounding song
0: Nice, I haven't heard her But the song It means, is called... it
1: means Water Lily in Latin R.M. Ray Okay, oh But that's actually her her um, name The name she was born with a
0: given name Okay, well the song is If I Didn't Know Better And this one's completely new to me This is the first time I've heard it So.
1: Yeah, you might like it I'm not yeah. sure
0: Okay, well
1: here we go But nice way to end the show
2: Ver
0: Like that,
1: yeah. RM Rae, she's great. She's a great singer, and um, she's she's at it. <clears throat> yeah. Very busy, and um, that was from her 2016 EP, "Loners," and um, fantastic live performer and very nice person.
0: Where'd you and, say uh, she's from?
1: She's she lives in Brooklyn. Okay, but she was born in Colorado. Okay. Yeah, A R U M R A E.
0: I like that. I'll have to check I- her out
1: yeah that's a cool song I I figured you know we end the show with like you know you started off with a wacky Turkish (laughs) percussion mastery yeah we'll play some like you know groovy we'll keep it groovy on what is it Thursday night
0: Thursday night
1: like you know the old Nina Simone school
0: yeah yeah it's a good way to end the show I appreciate it thank you Bob
1: all right number 106 bro talk to you soon
0: as always we'll do it again hopefully very soon
1: yeah, one one thing we can do these days is, is um, podcast. <laughs> and right. I am grateful that um, Cheltenham is going to get in all four days, the Cheltenham Festival. So tomorrow's the last day. Happy Gold Cup Eve. <clears throat>
0: yeah, good luck.
1: I need it. And yeah. I actually haven't done too badly, but, you know, not doing too badly is only a little bit down. You know how yeah. horse racing is. Yeah, <clears throat> I know. Yeah. I know. All right. So, well, and well, it is funny you, they're you know kind of running horse racing now in front of no audiences. Right. Uh, right. in a lot of places. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> I'm not gonna make any smart ass comments about attendance at racetracks these nope. days. So Nope.
0: nope. <laughs> the
1: horses won't be able to tell the difference if it's not the first Saturday in May.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we will we will just leave it at that. You Thank don't think you. Churchill
1: Downs is knuckling down here? You, you uh, don't think they're worried about the first Saturday in May? I think they,
0: I think they are. I think they certainly are. And I hope we make it there. And I hope we make it to the next show. Let's do it soon. Thank you.
1: All right. Talk to you soon, man. Thanks.
0: Thanks, everyone. All right.